0: good morning welcome to christ community church unfortunately today we are not meeting at the botanic gardens because of ice and snow but we are so glad you guys have joined us this morning back to our roots man Live and in person we can't mess this up anybody else get stuck in the snow i bet you probably didn't i mean look at you man (laughs) no my wife had to pull me out of the snow i'm embarrassed to say that but she did it thank you megan i love you i love you baby All right, we encourage you guys to worship along with us this morning.
1: Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Find His mercy, come to the table, He will satisfy, taste of His goodness, find what you're looking for. is waiting of his love and praise God The Foot of the cross because Jesus is waiting for God so loved the world.
2: Good morning, C three. Our call to worship today is found in Psalms thirty-seven, verses one through seven. Do not fret. Because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. And he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Trust in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. Worship the Lord. He will make your righteous reward shine like the sun. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to worship you in the beauty of holiness. We want to commit our ways to you and trust you completely. We know that you have a plan for our lives. And we know, oh God, that we can hinder that plan when we seek to do things our own way. Keep us ever looking to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And it is in his name, in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.
1: Letting go of every single dream I lay each one down at your feet Every moment of my wandering Never changes what you see I've tried to win this war. I confess My hands are weary, I need your rest Mighty warrior, king of the fight No matter what I face, you're by my side When you don't move the mountains I redeem you to move When you don't pop the waters I wish I could walk through When you don't give the answers As I cry out to you I will trust, I will trust, I will trust day ahead you have not seen so in all things be my life and breath I want what you want through
3: Morning. Good morning. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. That was special. So and, really <laughs> and you're really here. And you're right here. And it's great. Yeah, so it's a
4: genuine thank you. That's great. Uh-huh. That's great. I will trust in you. Yeah. that's what you're preaching on.
3: Yes, and that's uh, no offense, but that's easy to sing and it's easy to say. It's not so easy to practice. Yeah. Is it? Yeah.
4: Yeah. It might not be easy for some of us <laughs> <others> to say. <sing. laughs> well that's true as well. That's good work. Um so we have entered the Lent season, season yes. of Lent. Yes. And um Wednesday. Uh, yes. Wednesday. Yes. Yes. And uh, last year at this time I started to read from this little book, Bread and Wine. And so I'm gonna read again as we open each
3: service. Please. During the Please. the season of Lent. And Lent uh, you so that everybody knows some people might not have a heritage that would emphasize Lent, but it's, it's 40 days of preparing our hearts for Easter. That's right. To, to experience Easter as God designed for us to be impacted by Easter, to experience it as God designed it to be experienced, there needs to be preparation of That's our right. hearts. And, and first, so it's 40, 40 days, days of yeah. preparation. Yeah.
4: And in yeah. fact, this uh, little excerpt of an essay is entitled, <clears throat> A look inside. Yeah. So it is about, yeah. Okay. Did you ever look inside yourself and see what you are not? Mm-hmm. The daughter in one of Flannery O'Connor's short stories shouts at her spiritually crippled mother. Few of us have looked long enough into ourselves to see that what seems to us and to others as normally attractive is actually as graceless as a scarecrow and sometimes even repulsive. It is an easy matter for the physical eye to spot physical deformity and blemishes in others and in oneself. It is not so easy for the eye mm. of the spirit to spot a spiritual dwarf, although it is easier to see these spiritual deformities in others than in ourselves. Yeah. This x-ray look at others is called the naked truth or the unvarnished unvan- uh, truth. In literature and art, it is called realism. Mm. But to spot it in oneself is not only difficult, but painful. And no yes. one wants to take the descending path to that naked, unvarnished truth with all its unacceptable humiliations. It is much more comfortable to stay on the level of the plain and ordinary, to go on just being plain and ordinary. Mm. Yet it is to this path that Lent invites us. The season of Lent is so long. The, season, the reason Lent is so mm-hmm. long, sorry is that this path to the truth of oneself is long and snagged with thorns. And at the very end, one stands alone before the broken body crowned with thorns upon the cross. Mm. So you're right. It is. We are called to take a look inside yeah. ourselves and pay attention to that, not just. And it's just so easy. Not just see it and
3: ignore it. To focus on other people's um, problems, yeah. failures, yeah. weaknesses, but it is, it's humbling and scary to focus, to take that journey of looking inside and letting the Holy Spirit reveal to us the things that we need to focus so on. So what a calling yeah. for these 40 days is yes. to do that rather yes. than focusing yes. outwardly. It
4: is a, a focus, a time to focus inwardly. Yes,
3: thank you. Uh, That was good. Uh, I say it was good. It was more like a poke in the eye, but it was (laughs) was a necessary poke in the eye. Um, Good morning. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Um, I want us this morning to take a look inside at one specific area of our lives as we prepare for Easter, and that is in the area of faith or trusting God. In the Bible, the idea of faith and trusting God, it's it's just two sides of the same coin. If I I, I have faith where I'm willing to trust God, right? Yeah. Uh, And uh, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit today. I believe with all my heart that God created us for a, a life of trusting him. Uh, that's, that's how he created us to live life, just simply trusting him. Uh, we see it from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. He placed them in the garden, and he told them, I'm paraphrasing, but basically what God said is, I want you to get up every morning, and I want you to enjoy the creation that I have made and given to you. I want you to enjoy an intimate relationship with me every day, and I want you to trust me for the rest. I promise you, I will take care of you. I'll provide for you. I'll protect you. I will will continue to give you the life that I created for you to enjoy if you'll simply trust me. Um, The the story of the Bible uh, could arguably just simply be defined as the story of God's continual invitation to people to just trust him. I think of uh, Noah. Noah, I want you to trust me. Abraham, I want you to trust me. Moses, would you trust me? Uh, 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 Ruth uh, or Rahab and Ruth, would you simply trust me? David, would you trust me? Um, uh, Mary and Joseph, the twelve disciples, the Apostle Paul. I just want you to trust me. Would you? Would you be willing to do that? To just simply trust me and. That plan, that invitation of God for us to trust him, that plan's not changed. No. There's nothing, nothing different uh, that God has for us than that original plan with those people. Um, that's what God created us to do, is to live a life of simply trusting him. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that the just shall live by faith. Uh, The just shall live a life of trusting God. Those that walk in right relationship with God live a life of continual trust. And then Paul says in Hebrews chapter 11, without faith or without trust, it is impossible to please God. And I think what, what Paul is saying there is that we will never experience the life that God has for us if we're unwilling to learn to trust him in uh, the, the Bible is, um, it's, it's nothing more than just a book of continual appeals by God to us to trust him. Listen to a few of them in Proverbs chapter three, Paul or uh, Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will direct and guide your life, your path. In uh, Psalm 118, the psalmist says, it's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in humans. The prophet Isaiah says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust in him and not be afraid, for the Lord himself is my strength and my defense He has become my salvation. The psalmist says in chapter 91, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Lord Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. And then if you spend any time with us at all in our teaching, uh, you'll know that Psalm 37 is probably the most meaningful chapter in all of the Bible for me personally. And I try to meditate on that chapter in some way or another uh, almost every day. And, uh, you know, it's David wrote it, and he's re- reflecting on one of the darkest seasons of his life. And um, God speaks to him. He cries out to God and says, God, where are you? I'm hurting. I'm 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 suffering here. I'm I'm in need. This is bad. And God speaks to him and and God says, David, uh, don't fear. Don't fear evil people. Don't uh, envy people that are doing wicked. Hmm. They are going to be like the grass that withers and one day perishes. Instead of fearing and envying, trust in me. Trust in me and do good and you dwell in the land and embrace safe pasture you know i was just thinking about that word pasture uh, you know god was directing david's mind back to when he was a kid yeah. and he he shepherded that little group of sheep hmm. and i have to believe that god was just trying to say to david david how big a bear how big a lion would it have to be to get through you to those sheep how big an enemy, how big a problem, how big a need would it have to be to get through me to attack you? And I think that's what God is saying to David in, in all of these verses. It's just, it's appeal after appeal after appeal from God to us. Please trust me.
4: Well, and it's like if you have a little child in your life, a grandchild or a child, it's the same question. How big would the enemy have to be? You know? Yes. I, I, I mean,
3: <laughs> to, to get through you and I to that, get to our grandson. That's exactly how right. Big a, how big a problem? We're, trust yeah. us. Yeah. We're going to yeah. take care of it. We're going to take care of it one way or another. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take care of it. And that's God's appeal to us. And to learn to trust God is vital. To, to learn to create a journey of faith and trust in God, uh, it's essential if we're going to experience God and his plans for our life, but as I said to the worship team earlier, it's not so simple. It's not so easy. It is not for the faint of heart or the lazy. It's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to learn uh, to trust God. I've been reading in the book of Numbers uh, in my journey through the Bible, and uh, this year it, uh, God really spoke to me from this, this book that many people have never even read or at least know very little about, but God really spoke to me this year as I studied the book of Numbers the last week or so, just about um, how little I trust God, how uh, incapable or unwilling I am to really trust God with the problems and the needs and the battles of my life. Um, Numbers, Shirley, if, if you don't, remember is really the account of the 38-year journey of the people of God from Mount Sinai, where Moses got the Ten Commandments, uh, they built the tabernacle, they got all these rules and laws about the the priesthood and the sacrificial system and how they are to relate to one another. And then they began the one-month journey from Mount Sinai to the Jordan River, to the Promised Land. Uh, and want, we don't have time today to get into it, but it actually lasted 38 years. Yeah. <laughs> and during that 38-year journey from Mount Sinai to the Jordan River, uh, it's, you, what you find is God, con- and it's recorded in the book of Numbers, and what you find is God continually trying to teach his people to simply trust him. And it's the story of a people who were willing to trust God for their salvation, their redemption, their rescue, but they were unwilling to trust Him with the daily challenges of life. You know anybody like that? People, you know anybody that is willing to trust God for their salvation, get them to heaven, but they struggle Uh, trusting Him with the daily challenges of life. I'd say maybe everybody. Uh, Well, I can't speak for everybody. I don't know everybody. (laughs) What I do know is that I shave that guy's... I I know somebody that struggles. I've I've trusted God to get me to heaven. I, I really, I can honestly say that I have trusted God to get me to heaven because of the sacrifice of His Son on the cross. I don't think about that. I don't worry about that. I trust God to do that. But I shave the face of, a, of that guy every morning, and I have to admit, I I struggle to trust God with the daily challenges of life.
4: I will say that <clears> some <throat> people probably find that slightly easier than others, but yes. I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. Uh, but it is a practice, a constant meditative choice all the time. Yes, Re- yes. I think, regardless yes. of how. how I much yes.
3: you and as, yeah. do try to trust the Lord. Yes, it is. It's a battle. It's, yeah. it, it's, yeah. it, it is a battle. It's also a discipline. I learn through practice to trust the Lord. Right. So you just choose to do it again. Okay. Yes. To. Yes. Um, as I said, the Book of Numbers is just the story of God trying to teach His people how to trust Him. Uh, but there were four examples that really spoke to me or really convicted me about my own struggle with trusting God. And I want to share them just real quickly. One is in chapter 11. I wish you'd take some time this week to maybe go back and read those chapters and look at these passages. But one, you'll find one in chapter 11 where uh, the people of God are really struggling, <laughs> yeah, and that's, a, that's being overly positive, with their ability to trust God, with meeting their basic needs of food and water. They feel like God is blind or at least slow to step up and meet their basic needs of food and water. And they complain and wail and gnash their teeth and uh, we're going back to Egypt. You know, the heck with all this, we're we're out. And uh, I just, you know, I read that, and just was very convicted about how quickly my faith, my trust in God disappears when the the fundamental needs of my life um, become threatened, yeah, um, how quickly i can I can just become afraid and and begin to doubt God when I don't feel like he is. Aware and working on and coming through in his ability to meet my basic needs. Very next chapter, um, you find Moses' brother and sister, Miriam and Aaron. They get all out of whack. They fall apart. They get mad because their brother, Moses, he is making some life choices that they don't agree with, that they don't think are right or good and they get mad, and they create a stink, and it, it is a, it, it is a, it's a big deal. And uh, it's because he's, Moses is not doing what they think he ought to do. And again, God just spoke to me about how quickly I can get out of sorts, how quickly I can fall apart and doubt God and his ability to take care of the people that I love When they're not doing what I think is good and right, it's all lost. Everything is lost (laughs) because they're not doing what's good and right. And I I begin to doubt God's ability to take care of the people that I value and love the most. Yeah, we can go to all is lost quite quickly, can't we? Quite quickly. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. And that's what I do. Next chapter, chapter 13. See, I mean, they're just, the the book is filled with these examples. Uh, This is the one story that many people are familiar with. Moses sends the uh, 12 spies into the promised land and uh, they scout out the land uh, that God had promised to Abraham, I guess, 400, 500 years earlier. And uh, 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 they look it all over, come back and stand before the whole nation of Israel in the wilderness and they say, we've got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> the good news is the promised land is better than we could have ever dreamed of. It is unbelievable, indescribable. It is amazing. Bad news is we will never take it. It is filled with fortresses and armies and giants. And it, the, the barriers and the obstacles to experiencing God's plans for our lives, they're, they're too big. And we will never experience that which God has promised us. It's impossible. The barriers and obstacles are too big. And again, just how that so describes me when I feel like I am facing battles or enemies or problems, barriers and obstacles of any kind that are significant, and I thought it is impossible. That will never change. That will never be defeated. That will never be overcome. That it's when those obstacles and barriers seem impossible, it really does a number on my ability and willingness to trust God. Uh, And then the fourth one, very quickly, is in chapter 20. It's a few chapters later. There's numerous examples, but I just picked these four. The fourth one is in chapter 20 of Numbers, and that's where Moses and Aaron, now we're at the end of the 38-year journey. Moses and Aaron have been leading the people for 38 years, and they're tired. They're exhausted And uh, the people begin complaining again and whining, and they're all negative. They're ungrateful. Uh, We want to go back to Egypt. Even after 30, we want to go back to Egypt. This is a bad day. This is what we signed up for. God's not coming through. And Moses, and it just runs right through Moses and Aaron. And they get mad. And rather than rising above it and keeping their eyes on the Lord, all that negativism and unbelief and complaining and ingratitude pulls them down into all that mire. And Moses and Aaron respond terribly. And it costs them greatly. And the Bible says that they were unwilling. Moses and Aaron, in fact, in all four of those examples, those passages, the statement is made, they did not trust the Lord. And again, just how I can, how, how profoundly the environment I'm in, right. Affects my right. ability or inability to trust the Lord. I, I, Comfort. <laughs> Any kind of discomfort. Yes. If, if, if people are <laughs> complaining, they're negative, they're, they're, they, they're, they're speaking words of unbelief, or that just has a profound effect upon me and pulls me down as well. Um, I want to quickly, because we're limited in our time today, I just I walked away from my study in the book of Numbers with four lessons that I think, or at least they really spoke to me and challenged me. One is this. They encouraged me more than anything else. And one of those lessons is this. Time after time after time, the people of God struggled in their ability to trust God. But time after time after time, God responded to their unbelief, their lack of trust, by being faithful. God was faithful even when the people of God were not. God blessed them and helped them and took care of them even when the 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 uh, the ability of the people of God to trust God uh, was very very poor. Um, uh, it just made me think of that passage in Romans five where Paul says that where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Where the sin of unbelief abounded in the lives of the people of God. God's grace abounded even more. God was faithful even when the people of God were not. Second, uh, did you have something you were going to say? Uh, okay. now, the, the, uh, the second thing that I took away from my study in Numbers this time was just that, the, that God's plans and purposes for his people were going to be accomplished no matter what, no matter how little faith the people of God demonstrated, no matter how big the obstacles or barriers or enemies were, nothing and no one could stop the plans of God for His people. Um, You know, by design, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, those five books declare the the problems that God's people experienced in following God in trusting God but those five books are followed by Joshua God told in the book of Genesis God said I'm going to get my people into the promised land I'm going to give them the promised land (laughs) Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers and Deuteronomy in Joshua God gave them the land God God's promises, God's plans, God's purposes for his people will be accomplished. Uh, that's why Joshua says in chapter 1, not one of God's good promises has failed. Uh, 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 Paul says in Philippians 1, uh, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. God is going to accomplish his purpose and plans regardless of the challenges and failures of his people Regardless of the attacks and the obstacles and barriers of the world that we live in, belief in that is what faith <clears throat> is. Right? That's exactly right. That's what that's Moving where in that belief trust comes from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number three, quickly, <clears throat> I discovered this year in reading through numbers in a way that I've never seen before that trusting God is not an event. Do you have faith in God? Oh yeah, I, when I was in youth camp or at VBS. Or when I was a teenager, I went forward and I put my faith in God as if it's an event. I'm not discounting the wonderfulness of those experiences, but really trusting God is not an experience. It's a process. It's something that we learn over time. Trusting God for eternal life doesn't mean that I'm trusting God with the daily challenges and problems of my life. That's why... Paul says in 2 Thessalonians to the Christians there at that church, he says, we thank God for you continually because your faith and love are continuing to grow and grow. The faith of the Thessalonican Christians, continue, they didn't just settle for the faith they had when they experienced eternal life. Their faith continued to grow and grow. Um, and then the other lesson that I walked away with was the Hebrew word for trust is, is uh, a unique word because it literally means to turn my eye, to, to turn to, to look to, to focus on. And when the Bible says that we should trust God, what it's suggesting is that we need to learn to turn our focus from whatever we've been focusing on, in Hebrew thought, whatever we've been trusting in, and focus our attention, the attention of our heart, our soul, our mind, onto God and God's character, God's faithfulness, God's promises, God's forgiveness, God's track record with us in the past, God's track record with other people in the past. We need to learn to move our attention, our focus from Wall Street or from the report from the doctor or from our marriage or from our kids or from uh, our bank statement, we need to learn, we can choose, as you talked about, we can choose to turn our focus from what we've been focusing on, and according to the scripture, that's what we've been trusting in, the truthfulness of those people or those words, and choose to focus on God and God's Power and plans and purposes, his, his character, his, his, his faithfulness to us. And that's where that trust will grow, right? So my question for us today is this. How are we doing in our trust relationship with God? How are we doing? How are you doing? How am I doing in my ability to really trust God? Where in my life, where in your life, where are we doing pretty good at trusting God. Hopefully there's some areas where we are trusting God. Where in our lives are we struggling to trust God? Uh, And then what are we doing to change that? What are we doing practically, intentionally, consistently to improve our ability to trust God? Um, You know, uh, I would give you three quick suggestions and you know them. Number one, Uh, The Bible says that in Romans chapter 10, where we let the word of God, as we let the word of God into our lives, we will grow in our ability to trust the God of the word. Mm -hmm. Uh, Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. When we we fill our lives consistently with the word of God, that will impact our lives with with a greater ability to trust him. I would also suggest that our... Ability to trust God is affected by who we hang around. I was reminded of that passage in Mark 2 where those four friends brought that crippled man to Jesus. Yeah. And the Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, not his faith, when, when Jesus saw their faith, that man's life was changed forever. When I hang around people of faith... That affects my ability to trust God. It encourages us in the story of faith. Exactly, and when I hang around people, when I feed on CNN and Fox and voices of unbelief and doubt and negativism and ingratitude and complaint, that affects my ability to trust yeah. God as well. Yeah. And then, lastly, where in my life do I uh, exercise my faith? Where do I do? What am I doing practically? Faith is a muscle that has to be practiced, um, that has to be exercised. What am I? You know, we live in a world where people are continually trying to do risky things to experience a thrill. They're bored with life and they feel like they need to do risky things to experience some temporary thrill. Where in my life am I stepping out and doing risky, uncomfortable things? To build my faith in God. That's a good go on a mission trip. Go down and feed some people down at a mission. Um, go uh, help a, a, a difficult, scary neighbor. Go ask somebody for forgiveness that scares you to do or to give forgiveness. What am I doing practically to exercise this faith muscle? Um, I just want to uh, challenge us today. We live in a scary world, and that's not going to change till Jesus comes back. but we don't have to live a life of fear we can we can uh, live a life of courage as we learn to trust God uh, and I just would challenge us uh, to 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 do that to learn to grow in our faith and our ability to trust the Lord um, We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper and so that's a good thing. Yes, it is. And this is one of the exercises that we practice on a, on a regular basis to declare our faith, That's our right. trust in God, and just to be reminded that we can change our focus. We are, right now, we are eating bread, which represents the body of Jesus, and we are drinking wine, which represents the blood of Jesus, And we are changing our focus from other things to focusing on God's greatest expression of his love and power and faithfulness to us. The giving of his son for our sin. A reminder. A reminder. true reminder. That God is trustworthy. So let's eat and let's drink and rejoice and celebrate in the God who is worthy of our trust. Thank you so much for being with us today. I hope that you will consider maybe doing some study this week in the book of Numbers and letting God's Word challenge you in uh, your own ability to uh, trust Him more and more this week and this month as we prepare uh, for the celebration of Easter. Thank you for being with us. God bless you.
1: me what can separate us you are for me what can stand against us your love it won't let go I know it won't darkness shadows have no mercy over me fear is empty Shame has no authority, your love it won't let go, I know it won't, cause I know your thoughts, your plans for me are good, I know you hold my future and my home, your promises never fail, your promises never fail. Healing, freedom, you speak favor over me. Faith is breaking all impossibility. Your name is overcome, your name alone. Cause I know your thoughts, your plans for me are good. And I know you hold my future and my hope. Your promises never fail, because your promises never fail. Your promises never fail, your promises never fail. I am standing on every promise that you make. I will see it come to pass in your name, in your name. Jesus, I will trust every word I hear you say. I will see it come to pass in your name, in your name i am standing on every promise that you make i will see it come to pass in your name in your name jesus i will trust every word i hear you say i will see it come to pass Trust everyone I know your thoughts, your plans for me are good. And I know you hold my future and my hope. Your promises never fail. Your promises never fail. Your promises never fail. Your promises never fail. thanks again for joining us this week. We're Christ Community Church.
0: Come on back next week on Facebook and YouTube live at 1015 in the morning. As far as I know, we should be meeting again next week at Botanic Gardens as well, uh, 1015. So come join us live in person uh, if you can't make the online. Anything else, Derek Shipley? (laughs) Cool. Thank you for your input. Y'all come on back next Sunday. Have a great week.